This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. I'm super excited about today's guest, and the reason why I'm excited is because um, I believe, I don't even know if she knows this, but I believe you represent uh, something that I call, which is the new, right? And so Brianna is in grad school on her way to becoming a therapist. She's also a single parent and uh, she's also a dancer. So uh, it's just an interesting blueprint. Uh, it, it, you know, and I think the combination of all three is what makes your story interesting um, because it's very different than uh, you know, our, our parents' stories. Um, and also as a therapist, uh, I love the fact that you're someone who isn't just like um, who 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 didn't go down the traditional path, right? Anyway, she is running uh, groups for single parents, which I think is uh, very needed, and uh, she's doing that in my private community. And uh, this is her first um, interview on Single on Purpose, the podcast. Brianna, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And I did not know that you thought that about me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of people's stories. I think they're underestimated. Uh, you know, when we leave this planet, um, it's our stories that are good. I mean, that we're, we're, we're artists, right? And, and, and I think our brush strokes um, are, are how we live our lives, right? And so um, I'm always fascinated by people's stories. Mm-hmm. No, I'm Let's really start- excited to share, honestly. Yeah, well, let's. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with? Because um, there's so many. You have so many layers of your story. Do you want to start with um, upbringing, where you were raised, and how that was? Um, where do you want to start? You could you could pull a Quentin Tarantino, and you could start you know anywhere, and you could be nonlinear too if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can start with that because I actually, I think obviously, like everyone, my upbringing has a lot to do with my story. Sure. I was raised super religious by. Mm. Um, parents who were together, but my dad was traveling for work 300 days out of the year on average. So really in a way raised by what felt like a single mother, um, myself Mm. in a very religious household. Um, I fully bought into it was very religious myself for a lot of my life until I graduated and went to community college for the first time and kind of discovered other people who had different viewpoints and mindsets and got a little bit out of the church. Um, 
started living on my own at about 17 or 18 and, you know, worked a lot of like service industry jobs, bartending, movie theaters, stuff like that. Wait, what um, was your relationship? Uh, so that wasn't around. Um, and, and, and I, um, I know we live in a fatherless nation because working in nonprofit for, for five years, uh, helping a teenage addicts, that was always the common thread. So dad wasn't around emotionally or he wasn't around physically. Um, how do you think that impacted you or do, or are you still on that journey of discovering? Oh my God. I actually now definitely feel like I've done a whole lot of personal work on how that affected me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the whole term daddy issues, especially with being a dancer is something yeah. that like gets brought up a lot or is thought about a lot, but, um, wait real quick, yeah. what kind of dancer are, are you just to get that out of the way? So people know, cause there's, there's so many types of dancers. Right. Well, you know what? Let's just say what it is. I'm a stripper. Yes. I think that I know that some people like to use the term dancer and I do like just initially, just because I think people are more comfortable with that, but I'm a stripper at a nightclub. So. You know what? Can I just say something? I prefer stripper. You, you know why? Because I want to empower that. And I think um, now's the time because I think there was a lot, there's been a lot of judgment with stripping with um, anything in, you know, erotica, sex work, anything like that. And so, yeah, like, let's empower it. You're like, if you want to call you call yourself what you want. So if you want to use the word stripper, um, let's do it, you know? Absolutely. No, I totally yeah. agree. And like taking that word back, like is so important, but yeah, yeah. So I, so as a stripper, um, you know, everyone assumes that you have daddy issues and I yeah. guess actually having them is a little bit like, okay, I hate that cliche, but fair enough. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely impacted my expectations in partners and my view on fathers in general like you said we live in a fatherless nation and do you, let me ask like, you this so with dad missing do you uh find yourself um looking for that father figure or are you more um like fuck men they leave like what's the underlining <laughs> belief you think that subconsciously you pull from absolutely leaning more towards the fuck men and it's not even just like my experience with my dad that's just the foundation you know but i also um i was single and dating in los angeles for like six or seven years mm -hmm. and that'll just do a number on anyone like dating oh, in yeah. los angeles i feel like can be such a hard scene and you just see a lot of shit and it's just like that really solidified the whole fuck men thing for me but what's actually, what's funny is so, so what was, what was your, you know, this, this whole podcast is called Singular Purpose. So what was your experience like, uh, because there are people that don't obviously listening to this, not living in LA, they don't, they don't want to know what it's like. So how did dating in LA, um, get you to the, the, the bumper sticker, fuck man. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, how much time do we have? Like, I'm um... assuming what, just like ghosting and what, it, I mean, what, what's, what are LA men like? You know, I don't know if it's, and this is just my experience, you know, and yeah, everyone, yeah. I'm a firm believer that like, whatever your circle is and whatever your job is has a huge impact on how you date in Los Angeles, because as a bartender, mm. I like the majority of the people that I was going on dates with would be people that I met like at the bar that I worked at or at like right. a sister bar. So it's like, you know, I'm meeting these people already drunk myself, they're drunk. Uh, and so it's like, right. it's just a hard time to have <laughs> A true connection but i also you know i think i discovered your work a little too late and it was i was not single on purpose i was just like throwing my net you know just out there wherever right. and like seeing whatever happens and it just a lot of times wouldn't end up well like i just have way too many stories of like 
being out with a guy and the whole first date is just like shots after shots and then just like throwing mm. them together like at the end of the night. So right, like, right, right. And um, yeah. did you get your heart broken a lot of times or did you not so much even find love? It's just a lot of kind of like uh, those kind of nights. You know, I honestly think, I, don't, I will say that like, I don't think that I got my heart broken. I think it was like a lot of the, one of those nights, like, or, you know, I'd have one of those nights and there were a couple times where I would like think that there could be some sort of connection. And then you go out with the person and without alcohol, and then you realize it's totally different. Oh, um, it's, like, it's like the club lights come just, on. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had this period too where I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to intentionally, I'm going to make this commitment to myself to not drink on the first date. And the very mm -hmm. first guy that I go out with, um, sober, we're like, let's go on a hike in Los Angeles. You know, it's the thing everyone does. Right. So I'm like, cool, we're on a hike. Yeah. And um, this guy shows up 30 minutes late, first of all, mm -hmm. and um, has this little like CVS chocolate box. And it's like, this is why I was late. I was getting you these chocolates, which I'm like, okay, I guess that's cute. It's going to melt this <laughs> on this hike, but like, whatever. Right. And um, it's, it's so a little too cute, but okay. Yeah. I was just like, I'd rather you were on time, but sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. <laughs> my bar is already so low. Like I'll take it. And so I, um, we're hiking, whatever, not even five minutes into this hike. There's like, um, a gate with like the sign that says like, you know, no trespassing or whatever that a lot of the hikes have for some reason right. in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, um, he's like, hold on, I have to do something. And when he stops and pulls out a pen and starts vandalizing this sign. Uh, and I'm like, geez. oh my God, this is five minutes. I was like, what are you doing? And there's yeah. like people walking by staring. And I just so badly want to be like, I don't know this guy. Like I just met him. And he's like, oh, I'm an artist. This is my tag. And I was just mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is so cringe. Um, first sober date, you know, keep walking. Right. There's like so much more I could have to say about this specific guy. He like stopped in the middle to do push-ups, And I was just like, okay, <laughs> we get it, dude. Like right, right. this is. I'm like, damn, I'm going to be drunk on the next date for sure. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's but... funny is like, uh, you. so in that story, you just encapsulated uh, a su such an L.A. story. Like, you know, and I don't know if it was Runyon Canyon because that's a famous hike here, but kind of hike on a date. Uh, you know, guy pulls, he's late. Everyone in L.A. is fucking late, which I hate. Mm -hmm. um, and also like, okay, if you're going to get chocolates, don't go to CVS. Like, get some legit chocolates, <laughs> yeah. man, right? Uh, so like, you know, that in that way, like, you know, uh, heavy on the veneer, the presentation, also sugar, right? And then um, pulling out a marker and um, pushing past boundaries, right? Vandalizing, that kind of stuff. So uh, a lot of metaphor there, but a, a great visual of what dating in LA uh, can be like. You, forget, you, you know, you just got to add some green juice and... Uh, and, uh, and and also the and the, he's an influencer. Maybe that that would also make it very LA. <laughs> God, I know. And you know, it's funny because it's like LA is such a low key, tight knit community. And so it's like everywhere I go, I see his tag now, and it's oh. just this like it's so funny. I'm just like, oh, you know, okay. it, it's now it's now it's now a reminder of what you don't want in your in your partner. <laughs> yeah, it's his tag everywhere, right? That's what that's where how the universe is presenting his tag. Um, okay, so. Uh, I know we're hopping around, which is cool. I love it. Um, grew up, no dad. Your, your relationship with mom, strong or not so much? Yes, yes, it is. Um, it's obviously had its moments. So my parents sure. divorced when I was 17. And I have a lot of 
a lot of respect for my mom, especially now being a single mother myself. I'm like, I can't even imagine what she went through. I mean, I can, but um, she kind you of got there. the short end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, she got the short end of the stick in my parents' divorce. And mm. um, as a kid, you just don't get it. You know, you just are a kid focused on your own needs being met and angry at the world, you know, a teenager angry at the hypocrisy of everyone around you. But um, our relationships definitely got a lot stronger since my son was born and we are, we both have been in therapy ourselves. So nice. relationship so with was, mom is good, but. Was your therapy the catalyst for you wanting to become a therapist? How did you, um, how did you light that pilot fire for you? It's funny. I actually, I think that I, you know, I'm really rare in the sense that like, I've always known I wanted to be a therapist. I mm. had this vivid memory of a sixth grade, like project where they were like, okay, you're all assigned this like job. And then you have to research it, write a, a two page paper on it, which in sixth grade feels like, you know, <laughs> a dissertation, yeah, two like pages. two pages on this. Oh, yeah. Insane. <laughs> um, but my, career whatever I was assigned was psychologist and I had never heard the word before and like mm -hmm. didn't know it was a thing and I was like oh my god people get paid to hear about other people's like tea like you get to you get the tea you get the drama like that's mm -hmm. like what I thought it was I was like oh my god I want to hear people's gossip and also just like growing up with um a chronically stressed mother and an absent yeah. father like I've, I've always been very keen on like picking up on other people's emotions and like mediating in a way you know but um are you would yeah, you say like, you're um would you say you're an empath would you say that you um like as far as people's energies emotion you're very sensitive to you you pick up on that well well i am but i think it's like trauma <laughs> i think it's via trauma yes, i don't no, think that sure, i'm a sure. natural empath i actually even though like you know i'm a, I'm a cancer so i'm supposed saying. to be absolutely because yeah. i also you know don't I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of moments where I'm like, damn, I really misinterpreted that situation. But um, no, the things that I know because of trauma, I'm very keen at picking up on. I'm like, oh, I can definitely sense that you're angry right now or sense whatever. What was uh, some of the uh, trauma that you went through in your life? Is it physical, think, physical um, abuse or uh, sexual abuse or just life trauma or, you know, financial stress? What? <sighs> Well, you know, Everything. all of the above in a way. I mean, well, everyone has their trauma. So much, yeah. yeah um, well, growing up with a chronically stressed mother in and of itself, yeah. like, I think that we underestimate how traumatic that can be on children, yeah. like having a really stressed parent or parents. Um, like, I love my mom so much, and she really did do her best to protect us from her emotional stress, I guess. But there's, you know, nights where I remember just sure. like, crying you know and it's like as a kid you don't know what's happening but um Wait, was she a young mom did she have with... you at a young age no but um God, i don't know how much of this she wants out there but i'm a firm believer in transparency so it's like we'll just say it but she um had me, me when she was 25 <laughs> <laughs> oh she was 35 she, she okay, me, yeah and she was married to my dad yeah 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 but but just like a little sneak peek into the relationship, like when they were, when she was pregnant with me and married, like my dad also like went back home to visit family and brought like a woman he was having an affair with to meet his whole family. Mm -hmm. And then like yeah. my mom found out about it that way when I'm about to be born in like a week. And that's just kind of like 
their relationship. You know, my dad was very much just like traveling all the time, cheating on my mom, like living his own life. Well, you know, um, um, and uh, I apologize in advance for cutting you off. I'm horrible at that. I, uh, I, I cut people off all the time. <laughs> I don't mean to. Um, it's funny because I'm a therapist and I'm cutting people off. <laughs> uh, obviously not a good therapist. So you actually experienced trauma before you were born. Because if uh, your mom was going through that while she was pregnant, um, that was your housing. Like that was your, you know, you, you felt that trauma. You felt the anxiety of your mom and the anger and all the feelings um, before you even came out into this world, which is crazy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. And it's yeah. something like even in my own pregnancy, I experienced and like feel a lot of guilt over because it's like, I do think that, you know, breaking a generational cycle is so damn hard. Oh, like it yeah. really so is. Hard. Because it's and baked in, so it's because like, it's wiring, because it's so much more than just making a decision. Yeah. And I think that, you know, being a therapist in training and just like through my own, like whatever, you know, reading and like discovering like what I'm like what my trauma is like i feel a lot of guilt just like knowing what's happening i'm like dang like i know that i'm instilling this trauma into my son like in the womb mm. just from being so stressed out and like experiencing this like it's almost like a i wish i didn't know this you know ignorance is bliss yeah yeah i think like older generations or people who have never experienced trauma might just not think about it you know it's like sure so I mean, yeah. trauma, you don't know what's happening they didn't know, of course, and, and that's why it's like we can't really blame our parents because it's not – I mean it, it wasn't intentional. I mean they're in survival mode. They, they were, you know, for, for at least for, for my generation, my parents, self, self-help and therapy, that wasn't even a thing. I mean my parents are old school Korean. <laughs> like they just you – know, just, just to pay the rent and buy you know, pants. Like it was, I mean therapy, what mm-hmm. the fuck are you talking about? You know? So – um, I think we are blessed and lucky, and I think you even being aware of it is going to change or stop the uh, 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 the generational transmission process. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you just being aware of this right. information is already a different track, you know? No, absolutely. And it's like I think, you know, just with anything, like it takes time, like growth. And so just taking that small step, like I'm sure my son is going to have an even bigger step to take that'll just like, we'll slowly break the cycle. I can't just oh, yeah. on end it with yeah. me. So um, after having your son, well, you had your son at how He's two and a half. He was born like week two of the pandemic. <laughs> so just oh, like. Yeah. Well, he's almost uh, I was set... younger than my daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah how she... old is your daughter? She's a pandemic baby. She's uh, almost three. She's going to be three in February. So he's just a few months younger. Right. Yeah. He was April 3rd. And so it's funny. I was actually, so I worked, I worked my whole pregnancy. Um, My mat leave was set to start the day before the bar shut down Mm. or um, yeah, the day after, because the bar shut down right before my last shift that I worked Mm -hmm. at the bar. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess like everyone's going on maternity leave with me now. (laughs) Like the whole bar is shutting down. 
which worked out really good in my favor because I was so scared of having major FOMO, like with everyone getting to continue their life and me having to leave and go be with a newborn. But, but isn't um, isn't um wasn't the pandemic the perfect time to actually have a baby because you no one's doing anything it, it was for for us um I, I mean it just magically was the perfect time because everyone's at home it's like well might as well raise a child you know no, no one's doing anything anyway exactly no it really um, really worked out and I was I'm really lucky in the sense that I was able to stay home for almost two years with my son because mm-hmm. of the pandemic nice. and unemployment and um. That was really great. And that's like a blessing that I just never, ever could have anticipated. But um, in the same sense, I had a lot of postpartum anxiety and mm. I cannot stress enough how crazy that was in a global pandemic where on the news constantly, it's just like the world is ending and like everything is crazy. And yeah. it just validates all of that anxiety. You know, as a new mom, you already have like the rage or the depression or the anxiety or a mix of all three a lot of the time. And um, on top of that, the world is literally ending and that's validated on the news. Yeah. Um, I've already accepted that. I mean, I'm also 49. I'm, <laughs> I'm swimming toward 50. So now I feel like I'm in the, um, you, you know, with, with um, uh, Carl Jung, he talks about the, uh, the sun and the moon and the sun being kind of the first half of your life. And then uh, the moon being the, the, the second half. And so with the moon, I'm a lot more calm. I'm a lot more accepting. Um, it's not that I'm okay with the world ending, but uh, I'm not, uh, you know, the uh, raging, impatient, reactive person anymore. So um, I'm glad that uh, this is happening in my moon years instead of my sun years, if that makes sense. But anyway, mm. uh, I'm making this about me. Okay, so uh, did you have a revelation? Because I did that uh, parenting is 10 times harder than you thought or no was it for me oh my I'm like, God. holy shit my respect for my parents and and also um single parents uh through the roof like i, I can't even explain oh absolutely like i've never yeah. heard a truer statement and i it not only was i shook about parenting in general but it shook my whole idea of myself because i mm. i think i'm a chronic um over overestimator of myself where mm-hmm. I just am like, yeah, I could handle that. And I just, my respect has gone through the roof. I thought that, you know, you go out to a restaurant. This is what I always tell everyone when they're like, what is it like being a parent? I'm like, okay, you think that it's like, it's just a couple of hard moments and then a ton of beautiful moments. And there are so many beautiful moments. Like you'll go out to a restaurant and you see a parent with their kids and the kid is quiet, right? They're sitting at the table. It's fine. And when you've never had kids, you're like, oh, see, it's not that bad. Like, look, they're still out at a restaurant. They're still enjoying their right, life. Right. And then now as a parent being out at a restaurant with that kid, it's just like, <laughs> yes, he's sitting here quietly right now. But I also have 10 million thoughts going through my head about what to do when he isn't like what we're going to do when we get home. It took us an extra 30 minutes to get out the door because he took a shit mm-hmm. right in his mm-hmm. fresh diaper that I just changed him. And it's um, so much harder. It's so much, so much harder. Like, I cannot stress well, that. It uh, is the... We're, we're, we're well, both someone said it's the... the... Yeah. <laughs> we're both seeing how the movie's made. Mm, 
yeah. You know what I mean? So we're I like, oh, it actually for one scene, it's a twelve-hour day, and then there's a whole team involved, and it's this, and it's multiple takes, and it's all. Uh, and then instead of seeing the trailer or the magic of that scene, so like before having a kid, you're right, you see a kid, like oh, how cute he is, and you know he's eating and all. It's like oh, that it doesn't seem hard, and I want one of those and mm -hmm. all that. Um, but we're seeing the uh, the trailer. We're not seeing the uh, behind the scenes of what really goes down. Absolutely. And, you know, I, um, I didn't have like no one, I didn't let my son be alone with anyone or like be watched by anyone because of my anxiety for a really long time. But mm. the first time that I did let someone watch my son, he was, um, about a year and a half and my friend watched him overnight for me and he was oh. very familiar with her, but she, none of my friends have babies, you know, LA can be a very babyless scene at times, but, um, she watched him overnight and, totally the whole time I was like trying to prep her I was like it's gonna be a lot prepare yourself to maybe not sleep you know this is his first whatever and she's like I got this I swear to god like 30 minutes into like his bedtime or whatever she was like this is insane how do you do this like he won't stop crying like I'm asking him what he wants he doesn't oh, I'm yeah. like he's one and a half yeah and it fully fully changed her perception on kids because she had major baby fever going into that and I was mm. like Just wait like it's fine <laughs> right. you're gonna see just rocked her world. So were you a single parent from day one or did you have a partner and then you became single? I'm actually, I mean, this is something so important, I think, to talk about because I, so my child's biological father and I were not together when I got pregnant and have never mm. been together in my child's life, but mm. he is and has been involved at varying degrees at certain points. Mm -hmm. And so calling myself a single parent at times has been, it's felt like conflicting because there are, you know, so many single parents who have it worse in the sense that they have zero support. But I have had his biological father's varying support throughout my son's life. So even though we were never together, like my son knows his father and like sees him fairly frequently. But I think um, even in like, one of the groups that I ran on the circle this last week with the single parents, like there were several people in there who were like, I don't know if I belong here. I don't know if I am a single parent. And it's like, it's so sad that we like, don't feel like we can say that just because we have <laughs> right. a little bit of support, but it's yeah. like, no, like yeah. at the end of the day, if you're the one, like if you're the primary caretaker and like when shit hits the fan, you're the, it's just you, like you're a single parent. Like, yeah. I definitely think that people need to, I, I don't know, you know, be less gatekeepy of the title, you know? <laughs> I love that. I think you're right. I think um, you decide, right, if you are a single parent. Yes. And because uh, uh, the father or mother is, you know, coming or helping once in a while, that that you're still a single parent. I mean, you're doing most of the work. You're primary, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like when you're the one in the middle of the night, taking them to the ER and spending seven hours, or you're the one like financially responsible, like all of it, like there's so many different ways to be a single parent. Let me ask so you this, because I think a lot of um, 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 people listening um, who are single parents uh, struggle with dating. Uh, and I know you're in LA, but um, how do you date as a parent? I mean, just to even have the time to go on a date, right? So like, how do you, oh my God. how do you date as a single parent? You know, on top of grad school, on top of everything else you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you don't, well, or do you? <laughs> well, it's funny. So I do have a partner mm -hmm. um, and he is 
amazing and a father figure to my son, but I didn't date for a really long time. I, um, you know, went through the whole drunken, chaotic dating mess for years, got pregnant, didn't date at all while I was pregnant because it was yeah. just a little bit, it was either like too difficult. Like people found out you were pregnant and it'd be weird or people found out you're pregnant and really liked it. And then that would be weird. And so I was like, yeah. okay, I'm just not going to date pregnant. Um, didn't really date for the first like year of my son's life. I would have like a couple on off, like lunch dates real quick where I had a couple hours where my mom would have my son, but, um, dating, I just got really lucky and met my partner through mutual friends, honestly. Mm, and we yeah. were friends for a year while my, like, and didn't date while my son was just like growing up and I was able to just kind of, I think, have more time to myself slowly. Mm. And then I eventually went on a date with this guy <laughs> as like a friend and then hit it off from there. And I'm really lucky and happy now, but, um, it's so insanely hard to find the time. And not only that, like when I was able to find a couple hours, like the whole time, I'm just like, is this someone that I would want to have around my son? And like, I would mm. have to have so many dates. It's, it's just different from what I'm used to. Oh yeah, you know? of course. Because it's not just about you. It's who you bring. It's like who you invest in is also going to impact your, your child. So, um, yeah, it's a whole different, uh, you put on a, you, you put them through a different strainer, uh, a tighter strainer, most likely. Right. Uh, so you being oh friends God, with yeah. him, you already, you already had a foundation. You, you, you knew him as a person, right? Um, yeah. Is he in the room? Because I think you're, did you look at him? He's, he's not. I keep pointing to him. He's in, oh, he's sleeping like, in the bedroom right now, but I'm like, okay. I was like, is he right next to you? Uh, so, yeah, like so, he's right here. So then it wasn't like um, lightning in the bottle if you guys were friends, or was it? And it was more of a slow burn. So it just went from friends to then romantic. Yeah, no, it definitely, it was, which was new for me because I yeah. always only had the like, yeah, talking attraction right away. Right. Yeah. Um, we met at a mutual friend's birthday party and, uh, it was my first time going out, really going out since like having my son, my son was like, um, about a year old and yeah. it was like a friend's birthday party on a boat and we all just got <laughs> trashed on a boat in the Harbor, you know, and I was one of the cars and he happened to carpool with me, my partner now. And so we met on the boat. I had uh, offhanded mentioned that my birthday was coming up and I was like, no one ever makes a big deal on my birthday. You know, it's whatever. Cause he asked what I was doing. And uh, we had the party, went home, didn't think much of it. And my boyfriend at the time, he got my address from our mutual friend and had cupcakes sent to my house on my birthday. So it was like a little off. I know. And it was, it was the sweetest thing. I just did not. I never hey, 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 why, 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 um, why did the cupcakes land for you, but not the CVS chocolates? <laughs> I know, huh? Well, yeah, it was just the everything about it. You know, I love surprises. Yeah. I love surprises. And, yeah. um, just like my, well, my partner now specifically, he is just the sweetest person and mm. everyone who knows him has a story about how he was kind to them or brightened their day. And it's one of the reasons that. I eventually fell in love with him, but after the whole cupcake thing, we just like talked off and on, you know, as friends, we both kind of dated other people. And then, um, after about a year of being friends, 
he just asked me, he was like, Hey, like, what if we just went on a date, like went on a real date? And I was like, mm. you know, like, let's see how that goes. And we've kind of, for the most part, been inseparable since. I love that story. And you know, what I'm hearing from you is it was cause you, um, you say kind and he was so sweet, um, which can also equal safety as well. Uh, that's kind of what won you over. It sounds like, right? Uh, and it's funny that the yeah. cupcake, you know, sugar, kind, sweet, thoughtful, and and these are probably characteristics that you want um, to 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 for your 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 child to be around. And that's that's probably uh, why it was important to you. Absolutely, and I think you know, being friends for a year really helped. Obviously, yeah, I yeah. trusted him in a way that like I yeah. never trust a stranger, but. Um, it's funny you brought up safety because one of the things that I told him, like the night that I told him I loved him, like what I said was like, I've never felt safety and mm. attraction in the same space before. Like he's the first person who I oh, felt safe and attracted to. Um, a lot of that is like the safety was built over a year as friends, you know, but uh, it feels really nice and really healthy. And it's almost, it's the cliche where it's like, uh, when you know, you know, and it had always been yeah. relationships before I'd always had like the intense attraction, the passion and like the constant fighting. Sure, sure. And that was just what I thought love was. I was like, love is work. You're supposed to fight for it. And none of the cliches, like when, you know, you know, really clicked with any of my other relationships. And I thought, oh, that's fantasy. That's like, that doesn't exist, which in a way it, it can be. And I think that that can be true for some people, but just in my experience, I just knew once we started dating, I was like, this is healthy. This is where I'm supposed to be in this relationship. Hey, you said something we have to talk about. Uh, you said, oh, I've what? never. <laughs> you said, I said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, um, you said, I've never experienced safety and attraction. And I. To me, that's a, such a powerful statement. I think many can relate to that. Um, so that means that you've only either experienced something safe, but there was no attraction, right? Um, it was quote unquote uh, boring, uh, no chemistry, or mm -hmm. you felt attraction and it was hot and all that, but it wasn't safe. And so this this is actually a great meter or radar to ask yourself when you're dating, um, I need to find something that has both. And I think what's going to be hard uh, is a lot of people who are used to growing up in chaos, they're going to find attraction and they're not going to find safety. Um, they're going to find safety, but they're not going to be that attracted. But I think um, if you swim past that, if you sit with it, you could kind of rewire yourself by giving yourself a new uh, love experience, which then – get you to actually then gravitate toward, like you could actually then be attracted to someone that you feel safe with. And I think that's ultimately the goal, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. And I could, I could not agree more because 
especially with the swim past, I think that the mistakes I made in my relationships before this one is I thought that I could swim past the not feeling safe and that over a period of time, I would start feeling safe with this person. But I think yeah. the safety is like the most important thing to feel initially. And then attraction is a lot easier to build than yeah. safety. Yeah. And most people, I got to say, especially uh, younger people in our 20s and stuff, um, and, and I was one of them, I put attraction first. Right. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, safety's extra. Sa safety's like the um, is cruise control or the, the sunroof. Uh, the engine is attraction, right? That, and then of course, as you get older and you go through all these uh, chaotic relationships, you shift and you say, okay, now I want something safe as the base model. And then attraction, of course, is important, um, but that's going to be built or, you know, fanned and all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the stripping. How did you get into yes, it? Yes, what is yes, that yes. like? Uh, yeah. And, and, and also, what is that like as a, a, a therapist who's, you know, in training and also doing that? Like, I, I feel like um, um, there's a possibility you kind of feel like you're living two lives. I don't know. What's it like? Uh, totally, totally. Well, it's funny because I always joke that I'm already a practicing therapist at the club. Oh, sure. It's not that yeah. different. You know, yeah. a lot of the men do come in for therapy basically. But, um, I got into it. I actually went into the, the club that I work at now. I went in to see if they were hiring bartenders mm. because I was, my son was just about to be two and I was ready to enter the workforce because unemployment ran out and I had to. So I was like, I need to find something that is kind of flexible, but I can make a lot of money in a short amount of time. And I'd always bartended. So I was like, I'm going to try bartending in a strip club. I went in interviewed with the manager and he was like, I'll be honest, we're not hiring bartenders, but we are hiring strippers. Do you dance? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I put a poll up in my room during the pandemic, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Right. And he was like, well, you can come in and just try it. And so I went home, thought about it for like a month and stripping has always been something, at least for me, that it's like in the back of my mind, Ben, well, if this doesn't work out, I can just be a stripper and mm -hmm. make a ton of money because there's mm -hmm. all these preconceptions about stripping where it's easy and you'll just go and make a bunch of money for being right, right. And so I just thought to myself, why not try it? Like I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I might as well just go for it. So I went, I auditioned, they hired me. And now I was like, oh shit. Okay. Now I'm going to, okay, what, what did do the this. audition? How did they, was it like flash dance? What's the audition? And by the way, I, uh, you're young, you're like flash dance. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> oh my God. You know, you're like, yeah. Uh, was the audition like people behind um, tables and they're like, okay, dance, let's see what you can do? Or what was the audition process? No, but it uh, it's funny. I showed up and I had done, I'd read a bunch of Reddit threads before going because I was like, this is, this will help. I'll know, I'll know everything I need to know. Uh, but you show up, you have an outfit to change into, they put you back in the locker room, change into your little bikini. Uh, and walk out onto the stage and they're just like, okay, go ahead, go up. But I, everything I read on Reddit said that I was going to be able to pick my own songs oh, and right. that I had to have routines. So I like practiced for like a week this oh, routine, no. and I yeah. had two specific songs that I practiced the routine to. And right. then I show up and the manager's just like change, go up there, two songs. And they put on, <laughs> just, they put on Kangnam style and you're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Huh? And I'm just sweating, you know, like yeah. the scariest thing I've ever done. But 
I got on stage for the first song, you just have to, you know, do your little thing. And the second song, he was like, just take your top off. And I was like, okay, which is crazy. It's the whole thing is just, you know, yeah. it is a crazy thing. But so I get on stage, I do my little dance. Someone actually came over to the stage during my audition and like slid two bucks over. And that was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing good. You know, this is a going well, this interview. And I just step off stage and the manager is like, you're hired. Come back tomorrow with your social security card. And I was like, wow. okay. Let, let me ask you this. That was so funny. Is it, well, is it, um, so, so, so you get the audition, but, um, your first time on stage with real, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 fans, uh, uh, patrons watching you. What was that like? Is was that an em empowering process, or is it like I can imagine like um, so like you know like I can imagine stand up comedy where it's terrifying, and then once you get the first laugh, then it's fun and easy, and you could actually hit kind of flow states. Uh, what 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 is it like going on stage for the first time with real people, not an audition, but like a real you know your, your first time dancing? It's definitely empowering and stripping as a whole overall, overall has been like really empowering. Yeah. But even in that audition, like those, I still have those $2 that that customer <laughs> slid me for the audition because mm -hmm. it, I think that it's such a brave thing to do as a woman yeah. because it's something that you could think about for years, but actually getting up there and doing it requires so much it's, it's unknown, you know, it requires courage and yeah. that in itself, just the fact that I went up there and did something that I was really scared to do. Like I, by no means have been like my whole life. I don't consider myself an entertainer. I'm not necessarily someone who loves the spotlight, yeah. but just like walking on a stage was something that I was really proud of. And that in itself is empowering. It's also being a stripper. You have a lot, a lot of the power. It is actually like we were talking about earlier, the right. whole fuck men attitude it has changed that for me in a really surprising way like i thought that this job was gonna reinforce that like i would just like really right. be like extra fuck men but having the power just like control over my body control over the stage has totally changed my perception on a lot of a lot of things i think it's really interesting well. that um that has become therapeutic for you you know so like um, obviously this, the, with the stage, it's safe. There's, you know, bouncers, um, it's not chaotic and you do have control and it's your song, it's your routine. You decide, you know, how the show goes. And so it, in a way, um, creating that safety for yourself and then allowing yourself to express yourself through dance in front of men and also kind of being vulnerable in front of men, um, and then also, uh, feeling, um, safe is actually giving your giving yourself a new imprint kind of definitely and <laughs> it's not what i expected you know i thought it was going to be a lot of scary moments or a lot of uh, something about being i i've i've been sexualized my whole life as a woman as we all are you know yeah. but now i'm getting paid for it and mm -hmm. i think that that's an empower empowering mm -hmm. thing where I have control over the customers that I talk to. Like you said, there's bouncers. So I have control over, you know, who gets to do what basically while I'm on stage or while I'm in a room with a customer. And that's way more empowering than being out in public and being catcalled and like not being able to do anything. Yes. yes. Right. And, and also I think with that, there's, um, there's a disrespect if people are pushing your boundaries on the street, 
as opposed to um, dancing and, you know, entertainment and, and all of that, you know? Right. And like within itself, it's kind of its own little bubble. Like there's stripper etiquette and there's customer etiquette. So there's definitely still ways that the customers disrespect us or even like, yeah, of course, other dancers at times, you know, like can step on each other's toes, but, um, the mad scientist in me, uh, cause if you know my story, I kind of went, I was like a therapist. I went rogue and, you know, started working on conventional ways is saying, um, how can we combine you as a therapist uh, and also empower, you know, you as a stripper. And I'm like, oh, okay. So with your clients who have been through um, <laughs> sexualization or something in the past, uh, you could uh, uh, give them the experience of um, putting them on stage. <laughs> that, yeah, that actually is a really, that's interesting. You know, I know that there's some clubs that do amateur nights where you yeah. can just get on stage as yeah. like a customer, which is something I never would have thought that I'd recommend to a client. But now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, you know what? That could honestly be very empowering. I mean, it's, it's client, it can also go sideways. It's very, uh, right. yeah. you know, it's just me being me, but, uh, I'm, you know, also kind of half joking, but, um, yeah, that's always where my mind goes is, um, um, out of the norm, you know, calling outside the lines, uh, all of that, the, uh, the mad scientist, but anyway, um, Hey, listen, I want to say, uh, uh, thank you for, for sharing your story. Thank you for being a part of uh, my private community. Um, I, I think your story is gold and I, I love that you are showing up now, um, empowering other people and, and, and holding a safe space for others. Right. So, uh, not only as a single parent, um, uh, but also, uh, standing on the fact that, yeah, you're a stripper, you're a single parent. Uh, I think, are you also a writer? Because it seems like you're also a writer. No. Well, See, I, I'm like, don't talk about it. I'm like so scared to say that. But yeah, I do want to write. I want to write yeah. eventually. But, you know, um, do I actually sit down and take the time as much as I should? No, but I eventually want to write a book. I Mainly because I want, I mean, I appreciate this space, like being able to share my story because I think that we need more stories yeah. of like people yeah. who can be a stripper and you can be sexually open and like sexually dominant or sexually awakened whatever you want to call it and also a professional as a therapist and also yeah a mom and yeah. a good mom still so i, I so i'd I, like I, to write about that i gravitated toward your story because i remember when i was becoming a therapist um it was all mostly uh white women in their 30s i was a korean man going through a divorce i felt like the black sheep and uh yeah you could be a therapist and be um, going through a divorce and broke and rebuilding your life and, 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 and you know, uh, drinking coffee out of styrofoam and, and you know, it just, you know, going on walks and not having friends. Like, um, so I don't know. I, 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 I relate to um, people with stories where, yeah, you want to help other people, but you're also doing um, wearing other hats and there's also other parts of you. Right. So you're not a cardboard cutout. And I think that's, where the power is, you know, in, in kind of like uh, breaking anything that uh, society holds as uh, quote unquote normal or should, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's not even like we exist, you know, people out here like this just don't take typically like talk about it. And I, yeah. I, in a way like get it because personally I'm really protective over my private information when I'm at the club and 
it's like the more I've danced, the more I get a little bit loose with my information. But I think that it can hold people back from sharing their story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, I think you have to be safe, uh, but uh, I love that you're sharing your story. So thank you for doing it here. And uh, where can people find you? I mean, don't don't give out your home address. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, where can people over. find you? Uh, right. So I am on the circle on your platform. Yep. Yep. I am also on Instagram at bananas foster underscore. And that is the extent of that for now. Cool. You could meet Brianna in person by jumping into one of her groups in my private community. Uh, follow her on Instagram because I'm going to push her to start sharing her story on Instagram um, and also her writing. I'm going to push her to to write more. Hey, did, <laughs> did you know, did you know, because uh, I've actually never, I've never, I never read anything you've written. I went by one sentence and I kind of thought, you know what? She's a writer. I went by one sentence and that sentence was uh, what's on your profile on your Instagram. And it says something. Oh my gosh. It says something about a sharp pencil or something, right? Or point or yeah, something. Stabs, stabs self with pencil to prove point. Yes. So just by that one sentence, I just, she's a writer. I could tell. <laughs> well, no, thank anyway. you. That means a lot. Yeah. Um, I encourage you to, to write. I encourage you uh, to, um, yeah, write your story. I mean, that's amazing. I think uh, anything you can do to help other people is, uh, is going to be such a gift to this world. So um, the new single parent therapist and stripper uh brianna thank you for hanging out with me and uh yeah thank you for being a part of this community thank you so much for the platform i hope that episode was helpful hey listen if you want to share your singlehood journey if you've gone somewhere come back if you have revelations and wisdom please share your story it's going to help other people nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories so just send me the audio of your story and you could just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com also if you want our single on purpose newsletter go to singleonpurpose.life that's singleonpurpose.life you will get tools and articles and other people's stories, and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon so check us out go to singleonpurpose.life that's singleonpurpose.life and i will see you inside